You want to say Adams isn't his biggest problem, black people. That's what he gets really yeah. confused. <laughs> if you'd have seen a black face there, you know, you'd have blended straight in. He would have had no chance. At least you've got your first name, right? He still thinks Craig's Kenny, doesn't he? So that's... <laughs> Week 17 of the Long Snapper Pod, week 7 of the NFL season. We're joined today by Martin, uh, Craig, and Foxcroft is back by popular demand for his second appearance. How are we doing, chaps? Yeah, good, mate. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Three of the four of us went to Twickenham this weekend to take in that uh, CAC Fest. We're going to talk about that quite a lot today. We're also going to talk everything you can think of about, well, everything we can think of that is interesting about fantasy football and Week seven of the NFL season. Adam, you've come armed with a quiz for this week, which is way above and beyond duty. So let's get straight into it. <laughs> I, I have indeed. I don't want to risk humiliating myself as I did the first time by answering questions. So I thought I'd set them instead. Um, the quiz was a little bit inspired by, as you mentioned, CACFest. Um, but there was also <laughs> Sunday, Sunday night football that was a six-all tie between uh, Seattle and Arizona. So the questions are on that theme. And I've got two each for you, uh, with a bonus point up for grabs with the first round as we go. Uh, Dougie, I'll start with you. Which team lost 3-0 at Heinz Field in November 2007 to a last-minute field goal in an absolute quagmire? Uh, are there any options, or have I just got a guess straight no, up? No, no, you've... Uh, uh, 3-0 2007 uh, almost yeah. uh, Ravens <laughs> no incorrect yeah. Martin might know oh this is the infamous yeah it's the Dolphins wasn't it it was the, the Dolphins yeah because uh, yeah you can redeem pop, pop. yourself with a bonus point though Dougie if you could name the kicker who uh, put the field goal over Josh Scobie Jesus. <laughs> incorrect it's right. Jeff Reed. wow that, I mean that that <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know kickers a bit about the NFL, but kickers from 10 years ago. I'm a yeah, little... <laughs> this, is, this is the way I roll. <laughs> we can only get better here. Martin, let's, uh, let's try you. Who tied a game against the Philadelphia Eagles in 2008 where Donovan McNabb famously didn't know the rules? Is that the Redskins? <laughs> Incorrect again. <sighs> Was uh, the Cincinnati Bengals... Well, I can give you a, a bonus point if you can if you can get the score of that game. 17 all. Close. 13 all. Uh, bad luck. Craig, your turn. Hopefully, we can get some points on the board. <laughs> well, Ma- Martin not getting points on the board is is a, a usual thing. I wouldn't worry about that. <laughs> um, who are the only team ever to have gone 0 and 16 in the regular season? Oh, that's a gimme. Oh, honestly. Oh, Browns? You would think. Incorrect, Martin. Oh, Dougie? Lions. Lions. It is the Lions. Oh, oh, shit. Yeah, that was shit. Yeah, that was, that was pony, mate, not getting that. Oh, shit. <laughs> the, the bonus point there was if you could name a year. And I'm tempted to give you a, a bit of a clue because it led to... Uh, it Stafford was a year that Stafford got drafted. About being drafted. 2006? No, 2008 it was. It's the nine draft. So that was a good start. <laughs> <laughs> Just about as entertaining as the game at Twickenham. We've outdone ourselves. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the, the next three questions about terrible football might get us a bit further. Dougie. Yo. Trent Dilfer 
You may, may remember him. He was arguably one of the worst quarterbacks to have won a Super Bowl when the Ravens won Super Bowl 35. Who was his equally inept opposite number that day? Rich Gannon. Incorrect. Uh, Anybody else? Uh, I was too quick off the draw there, and I know who it is. And so it's going to be... I'm trying to think of the year, too. To... I can I, I can I can see the America's game with um yeah, Green pretending to be him. To I'm yeah, I'm... the America's game, but I can't. I don't know, 2001. I don't know who they play. It was the game. Well, after the controversy a couple of weeks ago, the game was in 2001. After the 2000 season, just to be clear, <laughs> uh, they were playing the Giants. So that would have been probably. Is that the Kerry Collins era? It was. It was. It was indeed Kerry Collins. Hang, hang, hang on a minute. Does he get a point for that? Can I? Can you I just? Can I? Can I raise a point about that? It you can't can. have been Kerry Collins playing for the Giants because that would have been a, a championship game. The Giants and the Bucks can't play each other in the championship game. Trent Dilfer didn't play for the Bucks. Ravens. He's the Ravens. Ravens. Uh, who played for the Bucks? Who Brad was a... Johnson. You're thinking of. Yeah. I think. No wonder I didn't get that right. right. <laughs> <laughs> to get a bit of relevancy. We've got the Pirate Bowl again this week. That's Martin. not relevant. Come on, <laughs> this is come the on. most unrelevant Him. game ever. <laughs> Leon Leon Lett, the ex-Cowboys defensive lineman from the early 90s, if you, yep. uh, if you don't immediately remember the name, he's responsible for two of the top three of ESPN's 25 biggest sports blunders. All you have to do is describe either of them. Well, he got a fumble recovery, was waltzing into the end zone, uh, held the ball out in one hand, and it was, I believe, it was either Don Beebe or Andre Reid that stripped it. I'm going to say Don Beebe, knocked it out of his hand. It goes out the back of the end zone, touch back for the Bills, and um, yeah, what should have been a, a nailed-on touchdown for Leon Lett turns out That's to be... That's incredible. Uh, yeah, Don Beebe is, is correct as well. All the, all the details there. What <laughs> happened shot. next? Exactly. I mean, do you remember the other, just uh, out of curiosity? No, I can't think what else he was. against the Miami Dolphins. No, I can't think what he's... That, yeah, the, the, the one with... Um, yeah, the Bills Super Bowl was, is the one I can remember. I can't think what else he's... It, it didn't matter, sadly. The Cowboys were about 76-0 up in that game. It wasn't good. He also blocked or was involved in blocking a field goal that Miami had to win a game on Thanksgiving. Um, had he just left it at that the game would have the game would have ended but he decided to try and pick the ball up in the snow fumbled it botched, botched everything Miami yeah Miami recovered went on to win the game yeah there we go defensive <laughs> players are idiots we spoke about this last week <laughs> Craig can you equalise with this now this might seem a bit mean but this quiz deserves a question about the butt fumble <laughs> <laughs> Quite simply, whose was the butt? Mangold. <laughs> Incorrect. I thought as a Jets fan, you might be, might be a business there. Anybody else? No way, man. I, I was going to say the, Br- the British yeah. or Ferguson, but that was he's a guard, isn't he? Yeah, he didn't have to be the centre. That he. Yeah. No, played. it could have been tackled, didn't it? I, I can't. Um, it was the it was the guard Brandon Moore who was yeah. responsible. So, does Martin want a quiz? Martin, you win. He does. No way. That means I've got to play the music. <laughs> so I'm still leading. Yeah, still th- th- this is where getting guests on is dangerous. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that wasn't my attention, I assure you. <laughs> uh, well, on that bummer. Um, thanks for that, Adam. That was cool. Cool quiz. Um, we should just say that, as always, you can find us on Twitter. Um, Adam's a big contributor to our page there. Um, you can find us at Long Snap Pod. Um, on WordPress, you can find us at Tuesday PM Long Snapper and at Long Snapper Pod on Facebook. Um, if you want to, if you want to follow me directly, I am at Chinese Lensman. Anyone else want to give out their Twitter stuff, just in case? Edmunds one six two. Edmunds one six two for Craig. Edmunds one six two. And Martin is Big I Brown Bear or something. He doesn't care. Yeah, something uh, that sounds right. Yeah. Adam. AD Foxcroft. AD Foxcroft. There you go. So that's all our plugging done for now. Some skater in Lancashire who's 12 years old took Adam Foxcroft. He doesn't think <laughs> want to give it to me. He hasn't tweeted in seven years or something. Go up there and do him over. <laughs> Got to live with that. Mind you, if he if he was 12 when you checked, he's 19 now and would probably tear you in the arsehole. <laughs> well, he may do, but his profile still says he's 12. <laughs> quite clear on that. It's like the Simpsons. Yeah. Um, news for the week then, boys. And... Um, straight into it let's start at the beginning of the week seven period and the Packers got back on the horse with um, a win over what I think is now unquestionably the worst team in the NFL well there's there's absolutely no bright spots on the Bears at all is there the fact that they're almost Hoyer gets a looks like a, a nasty arm injury and when your backup quarterback gets injured so you might have to go back to your starting quarterback seems to be about the worst thing that could happen for you your team is in a shit state <laughs> cheers <laughs> but yeah no I mean it's a good I, I don't think um, it couldn't have got worse than it did last uh, last week last week he was um position where he was in career lows in all the all the significant numbers 17 games with less than 300 yards so he needed a game he got a game but yeah that Bears team is um it's bad agreed I, I, I don't think we can be relaxed about the Packers again not that I've been stressing about the Packers, I've got to say, but I think if you speak to Packers fans, they're not, they don't subscribe to the the theory that this is Aaron Rodgers back on the horse at all. I mean, Aaron Rodgers of a couple of years ago against that Bears team, they'd have been 30 points up at halftime. Yeah. And Torchism. this wasn't won until the fourth quarter. He had 56 passing attempts in that game was a stat that just struck me um, as something's wrong there. I mean, they've, got no running game at all clearly but even so 39 of 56 with Rogers completions well they're they're using wide receivers as running backs so they're they're always going to struggle so in that department but I don't believe that Rogers I, I'm not sure he's ever had the season like he had when they won the Super Bowl and I think people are hanging on to past glories a bit too much with this guy I think I think he gets a bit of a pass because he's you know one of the boys isn't he he's one of the club that's my opinion, anyway. Um, I think we, we when we spoke last week about him, we were, I think, all in agreement that whatever's wrong seems to be mental. And you're hoping that maybe a game like this Bears one under the belt where the confidence gets up and you get the, the gremlins out of the system, maybe getting a, a good game against a bad team or a reasonable game against a bad team is enough to just start the confidence rolling a little bit and then you can um, see him grow back into the player that... Um, that we all know. It seems odd to me. He's he's always spoken about somebody who really could be going into the Hall of Fame, one of the all-time greats. Um, he has one Super Bowl ring, as 
as you said, he's not added to that or or really been that close to adding to that. I mean, they've been they're at the playoffs every year, but they don't tend to go deep. You you look at Rogers' play until recently. You you, you would say he's he's one of the all time great quarterbacks, but what what has happened there? What's going on? I really don't know. A club who would probably give their right arm even for a, a, a malfunctioning Aaron Rodgers are the Bears. Uh, it looks like they're going to have to turn back to Cutler this week. Um, seems strange saying that. Surely that's an upgrade over Brian Hoyer. I don't really understand why the. It's like anyone but it's, 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 it's like when you split up with a bird, and then you upgrade. Everybody knows that you haven't really upgraded, but you're saying how nice she is, what good person she is. Uh, and then she cheats on you anyway, and you have to go back to the bitch that you decided to leave the first time. It's ridiculous. The Bears are a joke. And when you think about the history of that team, uh, the last, I mean, this generation of the Bears, last eight years, Cutler's era, have done nothing. And they, they you know, they, they backed him and that man did nothing. And now they have to go back to him. It's hilarious. It is hilarious. I mean, one of the things they also don't want is him to get hurt. Because they want to get shot of him, Shopping, and they don't, yeah. and, and they, they want they want him out, and it's no good if, if he ends up getting busted up, and and they've still got him stuck on their their uh, wage bill for another year or so. They want to hope to get a draft, you know, a semblance of a draft pick or two for him. Otherwise, you know, that, that's a lot of money down the pan. All of Chicago's friends are saying to Chicago, "Don't don't get back with him. Don't get mm. back. Yeah. Don't get back with, uh, with Jay Cutler." <laughs> So get get what you can in the divorce settlement, but, yep. but just 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 don't do it. Any anybody but Cutler. But Cutler says you got to suck my dick one last time. <laughs> <laughs> while while we're talking about bad QBs, let's let's please, gents, just a, a moment silence for Geno Smith. Right. Yeah, I feel mod, I feel sorry play. for the, I feel sorry for the lad. I do. I, I, I I'm that's a it's a, it's a, it's Fitz is happy and uh, saying this piece, but I do feel for Gino. I think that I, you know I would have liked to have seen how well he could have done this year. I can tell you how well he would have done. Not very. You know, he, I would have liked to see him have the chance. I mean, it, it's bizarre, isn't it, that he is just seems to be permanently painted as the villain. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he gets punched in the face as his jaw broken, <laughs> and he's the bad guy. It's not like how, how does that work? And then in this one, he loses his job fair and square. The other QB is utter dog shit. So they go, go on and have a go. And then he's injured inside of five minutes of that. You know, it looked like quite a nasty knee injury. I think that's probably him done for the year. He is. ACL, ACL. Yeah. And and even literally this morning, I saw some little video thing that's come up um, on, you know, there's him where um, when he's back out in street clothes, literally by half time, um, Fitzpatrick's gone over to him sort of to pat him on the shoulder and say, look, mate, you know, come on, you know, hope it's going to be all right. And apparently Gino's getting a hard time because he didn't really sort of acknowledge it very much. He gave him a little tap with, on the on the sort of rib pads or whatever, as if say, yeah, cheers, mate. But he was in the middle of talking to someone else. But they've made him out to be like some sort of villain that he's told Fitzpatrick, go on, fuck off. Don't want to speak to you, mate. I've just lost my job to you again. But yeah, that, that bloke just seems to be like some pantomime villain at the moment. There's there's one way he could help himself, and that's being a better professional football quarterback. If he was just good, then none of this would happen, would it? But he's not, and that's the problem. I have, I have this feeling that we're going to end up seeing a better Fitz Magic after all of this. Yes. Well, the, the Jets ended up winning that game. Just I don't, I, there's no reason to it. I mean, there's 
anybody's watched any of the Jets games from two, three weeks ago, you, you wouldn't think this for a second, but fits magic as a backup. It fits. Fits magic as a starter, maybe not. But now, now he's kind of come in as a natural injury. It, it, it could work for them. I'm not having it. Ridiculous. I, 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 think he, he, I think he's just up and down, isn't he? One week, he'll be three TDs, no picks. The next week, it'll be one TD and three picks. And, and that's fine if you're a wide receiver and you've got three other wide receivers on the field. That's not fine if you're the quarterback. And that's why he'll never be a, yeah. a true starter. Anyway, we've got to move on. As I said at the beginning, three of us went to the London game. I tried to get in touch with you, uh, Adam, on the on the day to see where you were, but couldn't. The the world's most powerful network, or whatever Kevin Bacon claims, yeah. doesn't function within a mile's radius of Twickenham Stadium. That's it what happened doesn't. to me. No, it, it doesn't work south of the river. Nothing works south of the river, mate. It's <laughs> fucking lawless down there. It's like, you know, like something out no of issues at, No issues at Wembley with that. I can't. can't well, it's north, north of the river, isn't it? There yeah, you know, true. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, me and Martin had a had a recorder down there with us and we recorded some bits and bobs. Apologies for the audio at the start. I was still working it out. As I've said, I'm a cameraman, not a sound man. So apologies about that. Um, but here it is. So we've had our first incident of the match. It's been a, a fumble by the Rams recovered by the there must have been about five or six minute delay it felt like from the end of that play to this um, the next play starting just now which does, doesn't help the uh, perception of the game at all how do you think the atmosphere compares to literally nothing's happened but it still feels like there's a better atmosphere than in any of the games I've been to, I've been to them all so far, but this already feels like it's got, you know, you've got two teams that have got good support here, and uh, yeah, I think it's absolutely electric in here at the moment, it's brilliant. It's because it's a rugby stadium, not a football stadium. That's probably got a lot to do with it. Well, Wembley is even a football stadium these days, you know, you could argue that it's not even that, is it? It's just a... It's a morgue, that's what it is. Yeah, it's a library, isn't it? It's just not... Rams with a first score, mate. Giants have got to come out swinging now, haven't they? We might have a good game on our hands if the Giants can get some offence going. Well, I think the surprise is the Rams have had some offence going. I mean, they had a short field to attack to start with, but if that offence looks like it can move the ball, we know the Giants can move the ball. I think this could be a really, really interesting game. End of the first quarter, mate. What are you making of it so far? I'm surprised at how bad the Giants did. I mean, they're making that Rams offense look pretty good, which I don't think anyone expected. Um, Gurley's not getting anything going yet. The O-line doesn't look like it's got any push, but that Giants D isn't doing enough at the moment for me. So that was the world's longest, world's longest ever return, I think. Seemed that he was returning that ball for about 35 seconds. Well, he must have run about 80 yards side to side before he got towards the end zone, but there's a flag at the end of it uh, against the uh, Giants. Oh, so he's giving it a score. Yeah. Case Keenum unlucky there. He put the ball on the spot. But because it's Case Keenum, it'll be Case Keenum's fault. Yeah, he, you can't blame Kenny Britt. You can't blame Tavon Austin because they've got the big bucks. So... Uh, won't be too long before we uh, start to see some uh, 
Shout out to Jared Goff to get out here. So I just dropped Rashad Jennings for my fantasy lineup. Um, he was on the bench this week anyway, but literally the next play he got a twenty-yard screen pass. Um, it's, it's no, it's no longer, it's no, it's no longer weird. It, it's a thing. Into the second half, then. Let's be honest, that first half was shit, wasn't it? It started really promising. The first couple of drives, you're like, hang on a minute. Rams have got some offence. Giants score on defence, which is completely against the script. And then they just fell into uh, into the caricatures that both these teams are. And um, here we are, 10 all at half-time. End of the third. This is going to overtime, or it's 13-10. Uh, hang on. We've seen... All the points in the first like three minutes, and then literally nothing has happened for the last hour and a half. It's got overtime written all over it. All right, we've got 56 seconds left. We're just going to uh, commentate through the rest of this. Bit of an atmosphere developing now. It's taken four hours. Well, it's here now, so um, sit back, enjoy the ride. Case Keenum drops back, guns it up. Oh! <laughs> and about. Over time, over time. About the 30th pass, he's done that today. He hasn't nearly completed 30 passes, so <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. He's got two more shots at the end. So third down and 10 from the 15. Here we go. Here we go then, third down. Interception. Time for a touchdown. Britt Austin and Quick. Marquez. Intercepted in the end zone. <laughs> what the fuck was that? That was the worst one I've ever seen. What was that? <laughs> Keenum on the 25. Through that to DB. Keenum on the 25, his hands on his knees, looks absolutely confused. That what the fuck was that? <laughs> Four picks for Keenum. Wow. One of the worst games of NFL football I've ever seen today. <laughs> Quick just stopped on the 10. That was awful. I called it. First thing I've got right all season. That was the worst throw we've ever seen. Alright, let's go and sit in traffic for four hours. You do that, I'll grab a bit. <laughs> so in summary then, Martin, um, for me that was the worst NFL game I've ever seen bar none and, and even worse than the Dolphins Giants the last time the Giants were over here. yeah it, it was definitely the worst when you, you look at what happened all of the anything remotely interesting exciting happened in the first four minutes mm. we then had I, I think I did the, the maths earlier I think it's very very nearly 25 minutes of game time so that's probably the equivalent of about two and a half hours because half time was in there as well without anything happening. We had 11 consecutive punts. 
which is just like the longest drive was 37 yards in that period. It was just absolutely rubbish. I, I, I was a bit disappointed because I, I turned up, I just got into the stadium just after Craig David had finished. I thought I'd time this perfectly. The place, <laughs> seemed to be, place seemed to be buzzing. There's a real atmosphere that I haven't felt at Wembley. The noise seemed different. There just seemed to be a proper crowd. And then, and then the game happened and it killed it. And I think had, had the game been much better... I think it only needed to be average. If that game had been average, yeah, yeah. it would have been an excellent experience. Because, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. The, it felt a very Giants crowd. I know it's supposed to be a Rams home game, but Giants must have outnumbered the Rams fans 10 or 15 to 1 minimum, absolutely minimum. It was really, really a Giants home game from the crowd perspective. And the atmosphere was really good. The build-up was really good. The start was really good. And then it just went flat, so flat. And the game was, was just it? terrible. Oh. It was just, yeah. And you're there thinking, oh, this could be really, really, really good. We've got two teams, and especially at the beginning where the Rams looked like they were the ones, hang on a minute, they can generate some offense here. This isn't part of the script. They're doing some wildcat and some other bits and pieces with Gurley. You're thinking, oh, okay, right, this could, this could be interesting. And then, boom, straight back into type, nothing on offense from either team at all for, you know, half an, literally half the game the crowd was sat there going, well, what's this all about? Just exchanging punts. You know, when the punters probably had nearly as many attempts as, you know, the QBs, something's gone horribly wrong. But Twickenham itself is a better experience. It's a better ground. I think Wembley's a bit, as I said in the, in the, in the piece, it, it's a bit of a morgue, Wembley, at times. And God knows what it would have been like at Wembley had that game been the game there. I mean, it would have been just so dead. Yeah, the the only upside I think from that would have been if it had been at Wembley is I'd have got home about two hours quicker. Yeah, but true, true. <laughs> the get, getting out of Twickenham is a pain in the balls. Um, back to the game. Surely calls now for Jared Goff after that absolute shocker from uh, Case Keenum. How bad could Jared Goff be? I, I... Well, yeah, and I think that that's the question. Well, how ready is he? I, I think one of the things that they're looking at is they don't want to throw him to the wolves, do they? And if that team is going to be as poor, they're just setting him up to fail. But aren't you missing a massive opportunity to get him experience? Like, if it goes bad for the rest of the year and he goes into next year off the back of such a horrible year, he's had no time to get better and then goes into all that massive expectation. Surely you've not, you've done him a disservice there. I just don't see how you can keep him out of the team at this stage. You drafted him. You drafted him. I say they've got nothing to lose. Tank the season. The worse the Rams record ends up being, the better the pick we, we traded for gets for the Tennessee Titans. So they finish four and 12, we get about a third third pick in the draft. I'm happy with that. I don't think Jeff Fish is really thinking about that, though, is he? Um, <laughs> here's, here's one for you, though, chaps. Do you think, I think this shows Jeff Fisher has no confidence in his side whatsoever. If you look at their team as a whole, look at what Todd Gurley's doing this year. What does Todd Gurley's lack of production suggest to you? That the offensive line is bad, right? Because Todd Gurley's a great runner. We know that. He's not making yards, so therefore the offensive line aren't making holes. Now, are they worried that putting 
their number one draft pick and their biggest investment behind that offensive line is more of a risk than just taking their chances on Case Keenum and then they address that offensive line in the draft with a view to putting him out there next season. I think the offensive line isn't good, but the other thing they've got is probably one of the poorest groups of wide receivers in the in the whole NFL. And without a threat of a passing game, then your running game is stuffed because people are just playing eight, nine men in the box and just basically going, well, he's the only thing we need to stop. And it's poor QB players then compiling that, which is made, making it worse for Gurley. It seems to be a bit of a vicious cycle there. And I'm not sure chucking Jared Goff to the Wolves is, is something that's going to snap him out of it. The thing is, if you do go by that, you can't fix... I'm not convinced the offensive line is that bad. It's not a good offensive line, clearly. But are you going to fix a whole offensive line if it is that bad in the off-season any more so than you could now in terms of free agency or could have up until this point? So if you do if you do play the Rams, you know you key on Todd Gurley. You, you start the box and you put that pressure on because they've got no QB. It's such an opportunity to get him some time, get him some time, play it safe, quick throws, a lot of, you know, dump offs. It, it, I, they are bad. Keenum is not good. Gurley needs a chance. It just it seems like a missed opportunity and no one's going to hold it against him if they don't do well, but he's going to be a better player for it. Yeah. Getting away from the car crash that is Jared Goff and the, and the Rams, and moving on to something that has come out of nowhere, really, and um, there seems to be the second coming of Bo Jackson emerging in Miami. Hand on heart, did anyone see Jay going back to about 200 yards? Craig, I, mean, I know you'll say yes. You always say yes to stuff when I say that. Obviously not. Obviously not. Nobody in their right mind in a million years could have foreseen it. You, you hope he does well. You know, if you think somebody's going to be a star and running back, they have value if you're talking fantasy. But can you see anybody? I mean, you couldn't predict Adrian Peterson's going to run two games for 200 yards. So it's a massive achievement. Uh, you know, a light at the end of the dark Dolphins tunnel. And you certainly wouldn't have put the two games against the Steelers and the um, Bills for it to come. The Bills for, for, you know, to get. 200 yards on that those are not two teams you'd have immediately gone yeah you know we, we played the Browns the week before the Steve you know you're thinking well hang on a minute why, why didn't they do that and then you know the Titans as well there's there's games there you thought if he'd have got an opportunity he'd have done it in those games but he seems to do it against pretty pretty decent opponents I mean it's come out of nowhere I think I might go and watch the all 22 of it to see if I can make out where it's coming from to see if it's real or not I'm not convinced I've got to admit just off the back of those performances but it seems to be real enough for Arian Foster who's jacked it in so maybe <laughs> maybe it is maybe he's been showing this in training makes that decision to leave him at home in week one all the more bizarre doesn't it that sounds like a naughty Kenyon Drake is going to be that guy wasn't he Kenyon Drake yeah Kenyon yeah. Drake we don't talk about Kenyon Drake in this house <laughs> persona non grata Ajay's looked, you know, I've watched both of the games and whether or not it's something that they've now found a running back that suits the system, the offense that the Dolphins are trying to run. The O-line's got a little bit fitter as well. They've had some pieces come back there. They're playing much better. Um, the passing game's got a little bit better. 
Um, you know, Devontae Parker's been involved. Kenny Stills, after his sort of howlers early on, has started to to come good. So I think there's now a threat of a passing game, which just as we were mentioning with the with the Rams, that has now opened up some space. And, and you watch him run the ball. And he looks really, you know, one cut, puts his foot in the ground, turns it up. He's a big lad as well. Run, finishes run strong. I, I, I think that, you know, he, he's going to have a, a reasonable season, whether he's the real deal or whatever, you know, but I think he's going to be the, the number one back in Miami for the, the remainder of the year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, um, you know, we'll come on to that later, but I'm happy with that. On to teams that are coming unstuck slightly. And that was an abject performance by the Vikings. They're gonna they're gonna need something to come back. The, the deficiencies on that offensive line and the running game have, have come home to roost. Really, did did the buy come at the wrong time for them? Was it, was it could they have done with carrying on playing while they were on the crest of that wave? Possibly. It, it seemed like a banana skin game for them. Um, even though the Eagles had gone off the boil a little bit, I just felt that matchup didn't quite didn't quite feel right. If they were going to lose a game, it, it, it that one seemed to be seemed to be the one. It's funny you say that. I do think the buy came at the wrong time. Um, <clears throat> if you heard Zimmer's uh, post game press conference, he, he had a bit of a pop at his players and, and and talked about you know a bit of a weak performance. And I heard a story about the bye week that during the bye week he bought apparently a, a bunch of uh, like stuffed animals uh cut them slit their throats and put red paint on the like stuffed toys and said fat cats get slaughtered almost insinuating that they're a little bit soft and they gotta you know toughen up and, and be ready to go to course so you know maybe it unstable maybe it was a little, maybe it, uh destabilized the team a little bit maybe it, you know made people ask questions of themselves and so i think i think the next game's massive for the vikings actually uh, given that i think the um Eagles may have found one of the blueprints for getting to the um, the Vikings, which is if the Vikings can keep Bradford clean and upright, he's going to be effective. And then that has a knock-on effect. The running game does better, but they've got some serious deficiencies on that O-line. They're not getting the ball out quick enough. They're not getting the yards after the catch when receivers are getting it. They're trying to push it down the field. And I think that the Eagles have a genuinely good pass rush and that's what's disrupted the um, the Vikings and, and that offense, which in turn, rather than keeping them the defense off the field and not having to do too much, I think just yeah, the, the Eagles played it perfectly. Agree completely, and uh, just to, to simplify that, even just the Eagles' defense is for real. And Jim Swartz was who was never a head coach, but what a defensive coordinator that man is. He can get people playing. He can make them nasty, and that's that's what the Vikings came up against. I mean, look at look at some of those turnovers. The the run games, uh, their their major one of their major holes. But I think we've seen Jarrett McKinnon and Asiata have good days, and I think it basically all comes down to that offensive line. Rumor has it that Joe Staley and um, Joe Thomas from the Browns mm. yeah. are both on the block and. They they picked up the picked last up. guy that I said that they should uh, they might have a look at and maybe they'll they'll end up picking up one of those guys as well. Um, picked up Jake Long, didn't they? A couple of yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, it's been a week of watching QBs really struggle, and I think actually Sam Bradford came back to us, didn't he? 
the actual Sam Bradford we know and love, <laughs> he he made a reappearance in his old in his old house. Yeah, um, and I think that if that if that manifests itself for the rest of the season, then I think you'll just watch them drop off. I think one of the you saying about bad QB play. I think one of the the best things I've seen so far this week. I don't know if you guys saw it, but the Texans have started a crowdfunder to settle um, Osweiler's contract. <laughs> so they're going to try and raise seventy two million dollars, pay him, <laughs> send him off into the sunset, and uh, try and make DeAndre Hopkins a happy man. Because did you, yeah, did you it, see that? Oh, that, it was just yeah. What what was that? That pass he threw last night that actually went. He threw it backwards. There's yeah, a there's a tweet I sent earlier with a picture of the yeah. the ball coming the ball. out like the wrong end of his hand. How did he do that? He got <laughs> stick all skill. night as well. He got so much stick. <laughs> yeah. How did he get that money? How did he get it? I have no idea how he got that money. A very good agent and a very bad general manager. What well, thirty seven guaranteed, wasn't it? Yeah. Big bucks. Well, he, he came from a good team, didn't he? He's on the Broncos, so they—they, they, I think the other teams looked at that and said, "Well, John Elway must know what a QB looks like. He must be all right." And then Elway called their bluff and went, "Gone and mm. paid him that much money. Good luck to you." And uh, look who's laughing now. Another of the league high flyers fell. Uh, the Falcons have lost now two on the spin, and with the news of Tevin Coleman potentially missing missing a chunk of time, could this be the start of a slump that? you know, resembled what happened last year to the Falcons? To me, the, the the concern with the Falcons is they've got a very, very talented roster, but I'm just not sure about that coaching staff. That coaching staff, you know, they're the constant when it's come to things falling apart and them not being able to finish and them losing games that they really should be winning, they should be in, and seasons falling apart. Um, I, I've got big question marks over Reed and that, the uh, or sorry, Quinn and the rest of that staff. I, I think it, they've just had a tough three weeks or so, their schedule. I mean, been at Denver, at Seattle, the Chargers at home, you'd think they, they should have beaten them or, well, any other day probably would have. And that, okay, it may not have changed the, the game, but that PI call at Seattle was shocking. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I, they've got, I mean, Coleman going down, Devonta Freeman has shown enough suggests that he he should be able to step in at least I, I i don't see it going quite the way that last year did i mean i, I think the team would do well uh the, i think the worry is when you lose games like that the impact it has on the team that's the question and whether this you know turns into you know if you can be reasonable and if the coaching staff can you know we had a tough run we've got all the tools we were in every game you know, let's let's get back to, to 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 performing and executing, or whether you lose a game and everyone gets it in their minds that oh my god, we lost this game over one call and is everything you know feeling of everything going wrong for you and questioning. So I I, I think it really depends on how they how they react to, to this couple of weeks because the, the the team looks sound. Julio Jones is a monster. You know, looking like the best receiver in the league. They 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 should still be competitive. As, as for the team that, that beat them, the Chargers, they seem to have pulled it together winning, the, winning a couple of late games in a row now. The Chargers could be 6-1. and one. A couple of things fall slightly differently for them. And, you know, they, they've been in every game. Their offence looks good, you know, regardless of the injuries to the receivers that they've had. Um, Rivers, whether Craig likes it or not, is in the conversation again for the MVP 
this year. You know, he, I, he's, I don't he's like it. Really I don't well. like it at all. No, <laughs> I'm sure you don't, but he, he's there in that conversation at the moment. That's, you know, Bosa looked, you know, he looks almost nailed on for the defensive um, rookie of the year. That guy just can't stop sacking people. He's in the play every play. Looks good. Has he signed yet? <laughs> I'd say that uh, one slight hamstring pull to a certain running back and there and also ran though, aren't they? He seems to be their only production, their only points production. They, on they've offense. had that already though, to be fair. They've had Danny Woodhead go down and Keenan other, Allen. Other I mean, talent. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, they've, they've, they've had cope with they've the had injuries that they've had. So you've got to be pretty unlucky if, if poor old Melvin suffers an injury at this point. But, you know, as you say, it can happen. Okay, well, lastly, uh, the last thing I want to talk about anyway is uh, Sunday night football and six all, six all, more 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 akin to sort of a nineteen sixties rugby score than uh, than uh, modern day NFL. But um, I've not seen this game as yet. Were the defenses on top, or were there concerns for the offenses on both sides? I thought this was a compelling game. Um, I, th- I I mean, definitely, if you're a Seahawks fan, you are starting to worry a little around Russell Wilson and and his production and his ability. Is he fit? Is he healthy? Is that knee troubling him? But it was a very, for a 6-6 six, six scoreline, it was a very interesting game. Overtime was unbelievable. It was a spectacle at times. But from a defensive football standpoint, it, it was really exciting to watch. Cliff Averill looked immense. Uh, you, you you know blocking uh, taking them out heads up it, it was just a good game of defensive football if you liked it and I think it's also uh, both defense I mean you're talking about two of what the top five or six defenses in the league at the moment mm-hmm. they're two really good D's and both offenses were far from firing on all cylinders yeah. you, you're playing a backup QB at the cards you've got Wilson injured Rules is st- still out it's all neither have got all their pieces I think if everyone's fit in that game, then the outcome might be the same, but maybe we see a few more points on the board. I've got to say it as well. I actually quite enjoy watching a game like that. I mean, a lot of the games we talked about in that quiz are strangely addictive. Good defense is actually good to watch as well. I mean, there's Craig said as a compelling game. I didn't see all of it, but from what I saw, those, those sort of it's tense. It, it wasn't particularly safe either. It wasn't one of them games, you know, it wasn't a 70s Steelers game where you just get somebody, you know, rush after rush after rush and the defense standing, standing, standing. Both teams did try to take chances. They they, they just didn't come off or, you know, better defense happened. It, it happens. Uh, it's one, one for the purist. And um, Ben Eustace over at uh, Mallover hit, He's he's a big advocate of the defensive battle, so I'm sure if uh, we could get him to watch it, he'd love it. Um, let's let's leave that there. That wraps up this oh. week. Oh, sorry, I missed a pod uh, a couple of weeks ago, and you guys chatted about the um, coaching at football, and um, this is obviously something that came up in the in the post game conferences because both both teams missed a, an opportunity to win the game. Both teams missed a field goal in. Um, in overtime and you've got Bruce Arians on Catanzaro's miss is he basically said, this isn't high school anymore. You get paid to make those kicks mm. and the complete flip side of that coin, you know, Pete Carroll comes out and goes, you know, on, on Hauschka's miss. I love him. He's our guy. 
So, you know, what a difference that you're getting in, in the coaches and how they approach, you know, even the kickers, which, you know, some people don't even recognize them as, as real people, but you know, it's just a, you know, an interesting contrast within minutes of the same result for the same coach getting, you know, such a, a markedly different, um, different response. I mean, the, the Arizona, I think changed their long snapper. Uh, kick, kickers win and lose football games. Uh, there's a, some coaches, as, as you say, seem to, seem to get it. Some don't. Some just think you can plug and play somebody, um, which to a certain extent you can. But these guys are important. Guys, we've got, we've got to move on. Out. I'd love to keep talking about <laughs> it, but we've got to move on. Um, it's time for this. Okay, so some big performances this week in week seven. Um, Melvin Gordon, three TDs and 121 total yards. Larry Blunt, 127 yards, two TDs. Jay Ajayi, of course, 214 yards and a touchdown for his second week in a row. And AJ Green with a big week as well as Andrew Luck. Who Who is your vote, uh, Adam? Player of the week in fantasy. The Giants' defence. I, I listened to the pod last week. Every week. Apparently, you ignore the list and just, <laughs> just, just go rogue. The Giants' defence. There you go. A lot of defences. Fair enough. <laughs> Martin? Well, if, you, if you're saying the Giants, then probably the Philly D's got to be up there as well because that was an, you know, another outstanding one. But, but I'm, I, I like... Um, I like uh, Gary Blunt's little revenge game against the uh, the Steelers. I like the fact that he, uh, you know, left that place, got himself a Super Bowl ring, you know, and then uh, when when he returns there, smashes them up for 127 odd yards or whatever it was, and a and a nice touchdown. So uh, I'll it's, go for Gary Blunt. It's not exactly a revenge game, though, is it? He got released, you know, because he wasn't. You know, what what's he got to have revenge about? He left that season and got a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, but that be a thank you, Larry Blunt's, have, Larry Blunt's thank you game. <laughs> that evil genius will have coached him to the point of believing that, though. That, that he'll have, he'll have you, you could have guaranteed if, if, if any one of that sort of round robin running backs was going to have the big day, it would have been Gary that week, wouldn't it? Because it's, it's going to be um, against his old team. So, yeah, you, you can see that sort of thing that Belichick would do. He'd make sure that... Yeah, just as a little emphasis point, go on. The player you let go, we're going to stick it to you. Yeah. Craig. I would have gone, I, I, I wanted to, um, I would have gone to Garrett for, 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 for different reasons because he looks much better back than he ever did. Uh, and that's the impressive thing. Um, but I suppose I'd have to go with uh, JHI. What can you do? You can't keep running for 200 yards. Like, the guy looks. Oh, as good as any other running back. There's very few people who have ever done this before. So to do it two weeks on the trot uh, and look the way you do, like you're bigger and faster and stronger than everyone else, it's, it looked a bit like a college game. You see uh, certain guys in college when they just managed to... I'm going to back that up. So we're going with JJ for player of the week and uh, the Giants defence can go suck their own cocks. <laughs> so let's talk injuries and how they affect your fantasy team Tevin Coleman's obviously gone down this week Sean McCoy's gone down this week you've had a number of number one running backs go down I'm looking at Thomas Rawls we're looking at Adrian Peterson Doug Martin Doug Martin yeah we just need to be a nightmare if you have both of those on your team (laughs) (laughs) Um, do you handcuff them how do you feel about the handcuff situation would you are you a believer in the handcuff situation 
I think it it really depends on how valuable the, the player is to your fantasy team because it costs you a lot, particularly um, depending on the amount of bench spaces you've got. So the amount of spaces you've got left to stash players or, or to manoeuvre in your team. So uh, talking from personal experience, having LeSean McCoy and Ezekiel Elliott, if either of those go down, I need a starting running back and there ain't many else out there, uh, especially if they're not only your starters, but they're your biggest point scorers. If that's the case, you probably need a handcuff. I think handcuff only works in certain situations. We've still got an awful lot of running back by committee and don't think a handcuff is taking a Devonta Freeman and a Tevin Coleman because they're 1A, 1B kind of situation there. That's not you're very unlikely to have had both of those players much the same as when we were chatting last week about, um, Arian Foster or, or Jay Ajayi. It's like, well, they're, 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 they're one and the same. You either have both or you have neither. It doesn't, you know, you can't play one because you, the other one will probably have the big week that week. But when you've got a shady McCoy with, um, Gillisley as his clear backup, the clear number two, Zeke, Freddie Morris is his clear number two then I think that's that, that's the one where you handcuff. But don't don't get involved in just picking up a, a committee of backs. Gio Bernard and Jeremy Hill. Exactly. That is not what you want. <laughs> I've got LaShawn McCoy in a couple of leagues. And my concern is, well, I can hang on to him and he might be out two weeks, three weeks. But how often do you see them come back from even a hamstring injury or something and just not be as effective? Even if it's somebody who you've taken in the first round of a draft or you've paid... $50, in an auction and they, they come back and they're only sort of four or five points a week when they return. All of the leading fantasy guys this year were advocating both a, a zero RB approach and waiting on a QB to prioritise a wide receiver. Um, are we in danger of putting too much stock in what these opinions are? As it seems to be that picking a top art running back and a QB still seems the way to go. Um, running back's the key and I think that's always always been the case and to a lesser extent receivers I, I don't get the need to to spend a lot of money or draft quarterbacks high my, my my point is kind of year on year we have these new ideas zero rb wait on a quarterback but the teams that tend to win fantasy titles are the teams that have good running backs and good quarterbacks so as much as there are a lot of wide receivers in the league now that that, that score a lot of points it would still be pick up your rogers pick up your mccoy you're going to be all right yeah, I think that from and what we probably experience in 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 our league and and most people will do, you know, will be the same is that picking up a, a good QB is easier than picking up a good running back. You know, a top draw running back is worth his weight in gold. There is some value to QBs available on the waiver wire taking them late. You've really, really had a massive stroke of luck if you're waiting till the fourth, fifth, sixth round to take a running back and you get anything out of them at all. And, and I think the key where, when considering a running back is is not only whether or not they are a part of a committee, because that was the conversation. So many teams are approaching it with a running back by committee, but it's equally around is the running back going to be in a position to score points? Is the running back going to be running the ball just to keep the offense honest, um, you know, supporting an Aaron Rodgers, or is the running back going to be the focus or one of the key focuses of your offense, a la Ezekiel Elliott 
or Shady McCoy. And I think that's where the value is. If you find, and that's why you have to take them high and they're still so important to fantasy football because running back's going to get 20, 25 touches a game. Yeah, completely agree with that. Completely retrospective there. Not really much help to you now, but maybe going forward into next year, you might sort of put a little bit more stock in what traditionally makes fantasy football work um moving on to stuff that can help this week and let's have your start sit drop or add of the week and we'll start with martin um i've had a look at uh watch the game this week and i was quite impressed with um vernon davis i thought he looked um with jordan reed out for the the skins and yet another concussion for jordan reed who knows when he's going to be marshmallow back again yeah, he, he, he's, you know, got um, that skull like um, Homer Simpson. In well, that, he's got the uh, opposite of that, hasn't he? The opposite. Well, yeah, actually, yeah, <laughs> that, like, made of eggshells. Yeah. But um, he, he looked a bit like the, the Vernon Davis of old that, that started out at the 49ers there. You know, he's, he's getting the ball down the field. He's getting plenty of looks. You know, I think he's had a couple of weeks now where he's had a, a reasonable amount of production. He's obviously come into to Wembley on uh, on Sunday. So he's, he's someone that you'd be able to watch. And I always like to to have a player or to, um, you know, have a horse in the race, so to speak. So uh, I think that he could be, um, yeah, a bit of a red zone threat. Kirk Cousins looked okay in the um, in the last game. So they looked like they had some chemistry going. So I think Vernon Davis is all right. Adam, who you got? Um, I'm going to go with a sit. Um, Philip Rivers, as much as I've picked him up in the last few weeks, he is up and down at the risk of predicting what the Chargers are going to do. Um, they're up against the Broncos in Mar High. It just doesn't doesn't seem a good good matchup for me. Um, I think he's he's going to have a bad week this week. I don't mean a drop. I just mean sit, stick him on your bench, bring him back. And Craig, who have you got for us? I'm going to go with um, an ad, and I'm going to go with Quincy and Um I think that there's every chance that this is the game. If he has any for the rest of the season, Fitzpatrick is going to be successful and the Jets are playing the Browns. So um, before he got benched, the one receiver he did have some chemistry with was uh, a Numa. So I, I like that ad if you're in need of a receiver this week. And what's got two thumbs and dropped that guy last week? <laughs> <laughs> this guy. <laughs> um, I'm going to give you, I'm going to throw it out there, Mohamed Sanu the Falcons playing the Packers this week quite pass friendly offense he's up against targeted 40 times at the uh, this season but importantly um, he has eight red zone targets which in an offense with Julio Jones and the two running backs they have is quite impressive and I, I consider that well I think that that number will go up now that they're missing Coleman um, there'll be more opportunities for him in the red zone so potentially uh, Mohamed Sanu could do you a job um, and he's available in sort of like 30 or 40% of league so he's probably still out there on the waiver wire if you want to pick him up and that was actually considered research I actually looked into that um, so without doubt he'll get no points this week um, consider research and fantasy don't mix do they? well people make a living out of it so maybe they do let's move on Okay, um, 
I guess this is as good a time as any to plug ourselves again. Remember, Long Snapper Pod on Twitter, Tuesday PM Long Snapper at WordPress, and Long Snapper Pod on Facebook. There's been some uh, decent stuff popped up there lately. Um, and you can find the podcast. It's Long Snapper NFL Podcast on iTunes and on SoundCloud. So if um, you want to listen to the back catalogue, if it's the first one you listen to, then you can find it there if you've come to us via Twitter. Who's got a song for me for the one-sentence previews? Go on, then, mine. Johnny Cash's cover of Hurt, please. Yep, here we go, then. So, one-sentence previews, then, lads. Here we go. And Jaguars at Titans. Somehow, neither of these basement dwellers is out of the AFC South race. This could finish one of those hopes. Chiefs at Colts. A vertical team against a horizontal team. Either way, someone's coming off second best. Redskins at Bengals. The UK deserves better than it got last week. Come on, NFL. Don't let us down. Cardinals at Panthers. Last year's NFC Championship game. This year, flexed out of the late slot by the NFL. Raiders at Bucks. Two exciting young quarterbacks in the Pirate Bowl. The Bucks just shaded because of geography. Seahawks at Saints. Hawks D look like they're finding their rhythm, but stopping Breeze and Cobb is a proposition very few can do. If, you, if the Hawks go behind, they'll stay behind. Lions at Texans. $72 million Osweiler needs to bounce back and they're calling Stafford a superstar. Whoever has the best day wins. Pats at Bills. The only game that ever really matters for Rex. Jets at Browns. The Browns are the Browns and apparently the Jets are the Jets. Should be all you need to know about this one. Chargers at Broncos. Can the Chargers keep the run going? I really, really hope so because I hate the Broncos. Packers at Falcons. Is Rogers really back on form? The Dirty Birds will find out. Eagles at Cowboys. Wentz needs to get going because Zeke's already there. Vikings at Bears. Why, why, why put another Bears game in prime time? <laughs> That's a great way to end Good it. Um, that is a great question. Why? The NFL is doing a lot to get in its own way this year. Some really terrible games in prime time. And Roger's wondering why the viewing figures are down. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, lads, uh, we've got to move on. Um, any other business? Let's start with you, Adam. Okay, I'll start this with a disclaimer, and I will just say that prostate cancer deserves all the money that its charities raise, and it's a very worthy cause. So remember that that's the case. Um, I'm seeing Movember ads on the sides of taxis and buses again, and dreading seeing people's attempts at raising money by doing this. It's the easiest money anyone can ever raise. You're actually doing less than any other month by shaving 17% less of your face than you normally would. <laughs> Go and swim the Pacific Ocean or hop up Mount Everest. Then you're actually earning money for your charity. More effort, people. And if any of you are doing November, let me know and I'll sponsor you. <laughs> <laughs> Craig? I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to the World Championships this weekend, lads. Going to, uh, I'll do a bit of kickboxing. And we're flying out to Dublin. So it's just a shout out and good luck uh, to WKKC England. It's pretty cool to represent an organisation for your country. Uh, and shout out to, to, to my team, Absolute Martial Arts. We're sending four competitors uh, as part of the team. Good luck. Come home safe and healthy. And uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's try and win a world title. Best of luck. Best of luck. Yeah, good luck with that, man. Cheers. I'm going to get things back on track by moaning. I mentioned it earlier. Please, 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 for the love of God, stop putting people like Nicole Scherzinger, 
and Craig David on as entertainment at Wembley Games and Twickenham Games. Nobody cares. It's like you're literally just phoning up Simon Cowell and going, who should we get on? Oh, get my mate Nikki on. She's wicked. No, she's an oxygen thief. I, everything about that woman... I mean, if you're going to tell me that Nicole Scherzinger sits at home on a Sunday afternoon flicks on red zone and sits there with a cold one wondering about how Mike Gillisley's getting on because he might get a four points on the on a on a fantasy team you've got another thing coming she probably doesn't even know the NFL exists and while you're at it why give her center stage and then wheel out genuine British heroes sporting heroes into the corner of the pitch and just go hi everybody look we're here and then wheel them back off again I'd rather they just wheeled them out as a pre-game show and just they just sat in the middle of the pitch just sit them there they don't have to do anything just sit because it would be better than Craig David uh, uh, did you just say that Nicole Scherzinger does or doesn't flick on red zone no I think she does yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she does flick on red zone She's good. she picked up Mike Gillisley last week she's frequently tweeting us about fantasy advice I ignore her she's blocked <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm quite up for Martin Johnson doing the national anthem as well. I think that could be uh, yeah, entertaining. That'd be amazing. Now with exactly. They were literally wheeled out, weren't they? It was like they might as well have put them on one of those little trolleys that you see around supermarkets that lift up heavy things. You know, just wheel him out, point him at the crowd, wheel him back out again. Embarrassing. Anyway, Martin, Martin, get you in get get you in charge of the pregame entertainment. We'll get Hoddle and Waddle doing three tracks. <laughs> <laughs> Look me in the eye and tell me you wouldn't enjoy that more than Craig <laughs> I David. <can't>. I honestly... <laughs> <laughs> Craig fucking David. He's been dead for five years. It's just a semi-rotted <laughs> corpse on a stage with a backing track. Well, last scene in an least, avid memory at Merion Mars. Yeah, <laughs> at least get the Keith Lemon one out there and uh, yeah. do, do the Bow Selector. I saw a video on Facebook uh, this morning of uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it, it comes up. The caption is uh, Afghanistan 2015, deep in the middle of the, uh, the green zone, and it pans, uh, it fades out, and and uh, there's a guy with his with his rifle pointing out over some wasteland and then it, the camera pans around to the left and it's another bloke in full combat gear and he turns around and he's got the Craig David mask on. <laughs> <laughs> All the while there's like fire everywhere and mortars going off and he's got, oh, fucking hell, <laughs> that were proper more. Um, anyway, our armed service, ladies and gentlemen. Martin, wrap the show up. Yeah, well, well first of all, I was going to ask... Um, Adam, which of the um, Movember attempts did you think was better? Was Ben McAdoo or Jeff Fishers? Because <laughs> they obviously don't realise that it's uh, November, not October, that we do that over here. I don't know if they were... Because uh, Ben McAdoo just looks like fair. a toucher, doesn't he? He just looks like he's got... He's not allowed within like 200 yards of a playground. That dude just... <laughs> there goes our chances of any media at, accreditation at least, uh, ever. At least... At least Ben McAdoo and Jeff Fisher are shaving the same amount of their face in November than the rest of the year, rather than less of it. <laughs> I'm going to defend yeah, them to that level. It's true. Ben McAdoo looks yeah, well, like he he went to bed in 1985 and woke up yesterday. <laughs> like the old wraparound blackout shades, little tash, little porno tash. It's a joke. <laughs> yeah, my money out of the business. I think I, I um, WhatsApp you guys on on Friday. I was. Um, Coming home from uh, from London, going through King's Cross, 
and who's there hooning past me on a Segway? But uh, Willow himself, good old Warwick Davis, just comes flying past. And I'll tell you what, those Segways are fucking quick. He was, oh, I was trying to chase over. Power to yeah. weight ratio, though. Wouldn't be as fast well, as one of us was on yeah. it, would it? No, 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 no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there, just ticket guy. Didn't have a clue who he was. Thought, who's this clown, this bloody funny little bicycle thing? And he <laughs> flies off down the uh, down the platform. But I was keeping an eye out for cameras or anything. So I sort of could half expect it to be like some Ricky Gervais thing going on. But uh, yeah. yeah. No, but he, he's, uh, yeah, what a hero that fella is. But um, love, yeah, segue is fucking Warwick. quick. Love Warwick Davis. <laughs> right then, boys. Um, we'll wrap it up there. Adam, thanks again for coming on and, f- and spotting Mark. Again, you're, you're always welcome is he back still on. still out there trying to park his car? no apparently he got called away on some very important business whatever that is any excuse if you ask me um yeah so you're welcome back anytime you want let's get out of here monster pod to edit so cheers fellas take it easy cheers If you've stayed this long, you don't need to listen to this bit if you're not one of the 12 idiots who play in our fantasy league. If you do want to have a listen, you can. We're going to talk briefly about the Wonkers to a Man League. Um, Week seven in the books, we're halfway through the season and patterns are emerging now. It looks like we've found the teams that are really going to bother the top and it looks like somehow, given the roster that we spoke about last week, La Roja are still the team to beat, six and one. Yeah, Vince is really um, flying. You know, he's got the best record in the um, in the league. You know, overall, so both divisions, he's having an absolute storm. I still think he's got some flaws to his team, but record doesn't lie, does it? He's he's still there, sitting on top of it. So, what we were saying earlier, seven games is what we need to get to the playoffs. Do we think that's about a minimum number to to get yeah, in? I think so. I think so, at least it's too close. I, yeah. I, I think the thing about La Roja is that he can score from a lot of positions. Whereas a lot of us, if one or two, maybe three or four guys don't get good big numbers, then you're done. Whereas across his roster, between where Coleman, Crabtree, Gronk, Julio Jones and Jeffrey, somebody has got to score some points. I said... It's, it's, I've, and I've got him two weeks on the bounce. <laughs> so, that's, that you can't, killer. What do you mean you've yeah. got him two weeks on the bounce? Well, I played him this week and he scored 112 points and we are lined up next week as well. No, that's wrong. You shouldn't be playing him next week. Well, I'm, I assume that some people good, you yeah. play twice, you say some people twice, don't you? No, that's not in the divisionals. No, I need to change that. Oh. You shouldn't ever play in uh, an interdivisional team twice that means somebody else is playing the same team twice that's good luck that's good news <laughs> good news <laughs> schedule controversy yeah but yeah i mean that's the that is that is without a doubt the team the team to beat at this stage i think you look at the the league and it shows you how close it is outside of vince i think pretty much everyone else is on that four and three keel um with with um Two girls at, at, at five and two, uh, incognito all stars and red sixty one both up, 
uh, into third place in their respective divisions on a four and three record. And I'm pretty sure both of them were one and three or something at one point and two and four at another. So shows you how quickly the, uh, the league can change. You put two wins together at this stage, um, two or three wins together and that, that'll probably take you to the playoffs. So you got, you really, you got to hope your players are getting hot and not getting injured at this period. Yeah. And I think for our conference as well, looking at the, um, the matchups, obviously, um, Mark's Sue Girls One Cup faced the, the Randy Learners and they've been, you know, one of the uh, more consistent sides on uh, from the international division. Vikings D's back, um, you know, I think they could be uh, be on for a big one. The, you know, the player I, th- I would question on their rosters, Matt Jones, I, I, I can just see him getting benched with another fumble and, you know, that guy, how many more chances can he get? So let's go through game by game. We've got the battle of the basement between my team the tantrums and the heroes pick a winner for me guys heroes <laughs> well the heroes are absolutely heroes are a good bye week can't they because yeah. Beckham's on a bye Bell's on a bye they're you know they're they're looking uh, like I've got I've got a Jay a Jay on a bye though um, which is going to be tough to fill so you're you're picking the heroes I'm not too sure what it is you don't like about my side really uh, well, I just think I rate the heroes. I've said it on pods before, mate. I, I think the heroes. But Bell and Beckham Bell and Beckham aren't playing. On the bye is, is a is a is a challenge. Depending on what he gets out of Davies, this could be the right time to get them. This hey, could be the time to get them. Shifting on. Hopefully, this won't happen. We'll have to put it to the league because the schedule's been set now for a while. But La Roja against the Cantonese dynasty. Did you just try and open the door for me to have to play Vince again? No, well, we're going to have to put it to the league, aren't we? Because it means somebody else has got to move the fixture to play you. Yeah, as long as it's as long, if it's an actual mistake. Well, of course, uh, it's a if mistake. It shouldn't be the case. Yeah, well, of course, it's a mistake. But yeah, I think Craig, Craig. If it ends up being Vince, I think Craig's up against it there. Like we say, that that I'm team scores, sort, mate. I'm scores, scores from all over the park. You know. You've got to find a QB from somewhere, haven't you? I'm not quite sure what. Uh, well, let's, let's not be too hasty. To I mean, La Roja, uh, they've got Spencer Ware. Well, Charles could be back. They've got Tevin Coleman. He's out. Julio Jones could be boom or bust. Alshon Jeffrey plays on the worst team in the league. Reason for hope. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that definitely is. But I'll just look at that. Um, yeah, we were just saying before that we think he's got strength at every position you know he can plug Drew Brees back in again although against Seattle I don't know if that's much of an upgrade on the um, Rivers versus Denver I think he's probably gonna have Hobson's choice when it comes to his QB the Eagle Bazooka Lions Red 61 Neil could really move forward with a win to go to 5-3 and that would put him in or abouts the mix come the end of the season currently sitting with no tight end though which is a bit of a worry well, yeah, he's he's got well, he's got Jordan Reed, but obviously he's um, out at the moment. I think Terrell Pryor's nursing an injury, so he's not really got. And he hasn't got a, still hasn't got a kicker, so he's got. Um, but he has plugged in Ty Montgomery, who is a receiver running back at the moment, so he might get a bit right. of extra. Yeah, exactly. Niall you know, Davis may be in this week though, so maybe yeah. that won't be the case. Kyber passes against your big brown bears, Martin. Again, you need the win to really move forward and the passers need the win to stay in with a shout really yeah yeah I think that's that, that's pretty fair I mean my other than a, a kicker on a bye 
a couple of my receivers uh, are off, but I think it looks like both of us are pretty much at, at kind of full strength versus one another. So full strength with Zach Zenner. Well, <laughs> two girls against the Randy Learners. The Learners are with, uh, sorry, the Sue girls are without Todd Gurley this week and they don't actually have a spare running back. I think he bumps up Jaquiz Rogers Rogers from the, um, from his flex and chucks one of his other receivers in there. I'm not quite sure whether Rashad Matthews, he's got DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, Jesus, you'd think he'd give him a game, but um, yeah, I I think you bump up Rogers to the running back position. I think he might be, uh, might find himself in a, you know, not a bad position at all. Give me a winner, Craig. I think it might be learners just on the base of um, Rogers ATL. You've got to see him scoring points and Forte at the Browns. I, I think that's points. So I think he could be in a bit of, Mark could be in trouble there with Gurley on the bye. Lastly, the Incognito All-Stars play against the Black Dragons. And apart from Mike Wallace, there's no players on a bye, really. The All-Stars will need a, will need a defence, though. Yeah, obviously, Damo's got um, Devontae Freeman, so looking to benefit from uh, Coleman being out. I don't think Crowell's going to get nearly the yards he has done against that um, that Jets D. Um, could be could be close, but um, yeah, I think um, Nick's team tails off quite, quite rapidly, doesn't it? He's got um, some okay pieces in there, but when you're starting looking at um, Humphreys and people like that, Fozzie Whitaker in the side it's uh, uh, not much depth right, I think so both teams lack that depth I think both teams lack that depth so let's wrap it up then give me a winner Tantrums Heroes 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 you're going to say that every week La Roja against <laughs> Cantonese Dynasty <laughs> pull your skirt down uh, La Roja yeah I think La Roja looks looks good still the Bazooka Lions against Red 61 this is this this could be the, the closest one of the yeah I think this is this could be one of the closer ones but I'm I'm going to go Eagle Bazooka Lions yeah red sixty one so we've got a split there passes against the Bears <sighs> I'd like to back me but I need to get more out of Mariota so I think at the moment it might be advantage passes hey, Bears you're not the first person that said that this season Sue girls against the Learners Learners for me yeah I'm 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 hoping as well that the learners do us a, and lastly, a solid in our division. All-Stars Dragons. Damo's All-Stars. Dragons. There you have it. <laughs> I'm going I'm going Tantrums La Roja Red 61 Brown Bears Learners and All-Stars. So we'll talk to you next week. Cheers chaps. Take it Thanks. easy.